You're about to listen to the words and teachings of Pastor Shola Oshimakide of the household of David. Be blessed. <laughs> okay, if you have your Bible with you, can you just rise up and take 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4? It's a very popular passage of the scripture. 2 Corinthians 10, 4. Hallelujah. Okay. Are you there? 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Glory to God. So let's read together from verse 4. The Bible says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that results itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every captivity, every captivity, to, yeah, to the obedience of Christ and having in readiness to avenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay, so you can have your seat. So there are weapons that are called weapons of our warfare. But before we go into that, it's also good to read the scripture that will serve as our foundation for what we are talking about, which I started for service. And I want us to read. If you have your Bible, so turn to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 16. Proverbs 18, 16. Let's read what the Bible says in Proverbs 18, 16. The Bible says that, amen. You know, the Bible says the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit because they are foolishness to him, because they are spiritually discerned. Now, for Proverbs 18, 16. Can you give me Proverbs 18, 16? The Bible says a man's gift makes room for him and brings him to uh, before great men. So there is a place of great men in life. And the Bible says, what brings you there is that your gift makes room for you. So no matter how many great people are on earth, there is still room for more people to join, but that room is created by your gift that you have. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. So you don't go before great men by negotiation. You don't go by begging. The Bible said there is a gift that you have, and that gift brings you before great men. Everybody wants to go before, but, but what, what gifts? So in this regard, if you use Hebrew Greek Bible, you might be talking about monetary gifts, actually. But then, the key word there is that gifts, gifts have a way of making room for you before great people, or bringing you among the greats. But what I seek to say this morning... Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. Let's read what we read earlier. Ephesians 4, 7. Amen. And I want us to pay attention this morning. Glory to God. So the Bible says, But to every one of us is given according to the uh, given grace, according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he said, When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now, who is it that ascended but the one that first descended? Move to verse 11. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. The Bible says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we come to the knowledge of, uh, till we come to the uh, unity of faith and of knowledge of God, of the Son of God, unto a perfect man measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Now, the first thing I want to say this morning is that God, the Bible says that all of us have received grace. 
according to the measure of the gifts of Christ. And the Bible said that gift makes a way for you. But then I want to say to us that the gift we are talking about, or of all the gifts that God can give to you, the most precious of all gifts, apart from the Spirit of God himself, apart from the gift of salvation, the most precious gift that God can give you is in form of human beings. Hallelujah. So I started talking about that for service. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So where we read the Ephesians 4, the Bible says, He gave unto some. So the Bible says, When He ascended on high, He led captivity captive, and He gave gifts unto men. Now the gifts He gave unto men were also men. So He gave men the gift of men. Because apostle is not a thing. Apostle is a man. So He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, and the Bible says that for the perfecting of the saints, so that the saints can do the work of the ministry, so that it will lead to the edifying of the body of Christ, till so we come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, the measure of the fullness of the stature of Christ. That's the reason for the fivefold ball. He gave gifts of men to men. So the first thing every Christian should realize is that when God wants to give you a gift, a gift, a gift through men, or all of, God, all of God's gifts, or the most precious gifts that you are going to receive in life, apart from the Spirit of God Himself, will be in human form. Therefore, learning how to fellowship with people, learning how to receive people, learning how to interact with people is extremely important, a, a skill that every Christian must develop. Say amen. amen. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. But I want to take it, uh, uh, let, let's read from David. First Chronicles chapter 12. This morning, just foundation, we are talking about God's family on earth, part one. So I will just, uh, because I want to touch on very important things this morning. So when I'm doing foundation lay, we just talk about talk, talk different parts. Then we start one by one, maybe from next week of looking at. The Bible says, you know, let's start from verse, um, verse, verse 20. Verse 20. Now the Bible says, these are they that came to David when he was in Ziglar. Now, and he went to Ziglad, and there fell unto him Ad, of Manasseh, Adna, and all those names, captains of thousands they were of Manasseh. Verse 21. And they helped David against the band of rovers, for they were all mighty men of valor, and they were captain of hosts. Verse 22. For at that time, day by day came unto David to help him, until it was a great host, like the host of God. Next verse. And these are the numbers of bands that were ready armed to war. Who came to David to Hebron to turn the kingdom of Saul to him according to what? God spoke to David that the kingdom will, will move from Saul to you. But you see, for that to happen, he needed the gift of men. So the Bible said this man came heavily armed to transfer the kingdom from Saul to David according to the word of the Lord. Now, let me say this. If you receive a promise from God and you don't understand what I'm sharing today, you do not know how to receive men, the promise will flow forever, you cannot work in it. Because the fulfillment of that promise, oh, I told them for service, how many people are praying and crying, and asking God for things, and God will say to them that, I have sent relationships into your life, that should lead you to those things, but you're in this, you're, you're, somehow, you turned it away from yourself. Because of certain things, that we are not willing to adjust on. So, Hear me clearly. New birth experience happens instantly. But the conversion of your soul does not happen instantly. It's a gradual process 
and you determine the speed. Praise the Lord. So there are many Christians who are, though they are born again, the spirit of God is in them. So now, new creation has taken place, but their soul is still very much far from the kingdom of God. So they left Egypt. It was the 39th year after they had left Egypt into the 40th year that in Joshua chapter 5, God told Moses that make, God told Joshua that make very sharp knife and circumcise them again. They had been circumcised before. He said, do it again. And when he did it, then God said, Joshua chapter 5, he said today, I rode away the reproach of Egypt from you. These people left Egypt 39 years ago, but you know what? They left Egypt, but Egypt was still inside them. Oh, when I talk about God's family, we are coming to very, very important matters. I understand that all over the world, there are so many Christian men beating their wives, and so many, so you see, the idea is this. So people are saved, but they run their life with the principles of the old life. Because the soul is yet to be converted. And you know what? If you are not married, sometimes you don't know what is inside you. So every time they ask me to come and join me, I'm looking at it and I'm wondering what is inside. Because it, it's, it's, it's something that beats imagination. How somebody will go study medicine for six years, do master's, study law, study engineering, go abroad to do master's, come back, and you cannot, that's why, I, I, that's why I read that first part about stronghold. You can't adjust his mentality about women. They must be subjugated. They must be, it's in him. How do you explain a professor descending on his wife with slaps? And he's ready to fight anybody that says otherwise. You don't know that. You, don't know. you are looking at a man. See, you can get to a point in your life. You begin to argue with the word of God. You believe that when the Bible says you should not do something, you have some reasons why your case is special and why you should do it. Are you getting what I'm saying? See, the, the, the dangerous thing about stronghold is that you can join a unit in the church. You can, your voice can be loudest in the place of prayer. But those strongholds can remain in you. The scripture we read Church have attached to demons, but it has nothing to do with demons. Paul didn't talk about demons there. He said, bringing every thought to the obedience of Christ, casting their imaginations. All those things are the things inside us that we have internalized. Whether growing up, some from our parents, some from our environment. Some people, the stronghold in them is money that they should not steal, that they should not embezzle, that they should not. Uh, don't, don't, don't try money around some people, they can kill for it. He can pray in tongues and do some other, but when it comes to money, the thing is here. So now he comes to church, but that adjustment is yet to be made. It's, the, the mentality is still there. You know, this is why, oh, I so much desire that all marriages here will live up to God's standard. Amen. And it is, it is a simple thing as we apply ourselves to the word of God. But there are fundamental things that are already inside many people militating against that some women should not use sharp tongues like arrows of the mighty. It's almost impossible. I say, when you try to talk to them, are you saying that? Don't you think what he's doing? It's, you, you are seeing somebody who has become, you, you are ready to argue with every truth so that you can maintain your position. 
One of the greatest sins that people commit is to reject the gift that God has given them. Now I say something for that, which I found, I found out. Say, somehow in marriage, your partner seems to compliment you. You, as a man, I'm talking more to men, you bring yourself to a place where you humble yourself to receive the gift that is in that woman. Yesterday I was praying and somebody came to me and said, there are men, probably some watching me online, the time this message will catch up with them, when they're in their sisters, they will sit down in their house, watch their daughter bash by their son-in-law. Because they had every opportunity. When somebody was telling them, they refused all wisdom. You slap, you eat, you kick. You enjoy it. You argue against any other voice. No, no. You don't know how, how to do this. Then one day, you are 65. And your daughter comes home crying. And God, life has a way of working in such a way that you are going to have a daughter that you love so much. And right before you are, somebody's going to do the same thing to her. The devil that parents don't conquer will be there for children to continue. It is true. Are you following me? I don't know whether you are hearing me. Yes, Praise the Lord. Is somebody hearing me? Yes, Amen. Okay. <laughs> you know, when I read stories on Facebook and you hear about one husband doing this, one wife doing this to her husband and all those things, and you almost start crying when you saw that they are Christian. Whether Pentecostal, Anglican, it pains me when they are Christian. When you go to any church at all, whether Gospel, Redeem, uh, MFM, uh, Catholic, you are a Christian. The Bible is your constitution. But then there is a way you behave at home. As I'm sharing with some people, they do know that I'm saying the truth. That's how you will know that actually it's more like a... You, you need to... There is a mindset that is... When you cast, uh, and it becomes a kind of concrete, and you cannot adjust the shape again. So you need the power of God to break something in you. I read reports every now and then, and then you wonder that, how can Christian, a Christian home turn to be like this? Like a war zone. What's the problem? And I told them for service that somehow, God will always give you an opportunity to make adjustment on time. Like the example I gave first, first I said, ask about the guy. I was saying that, check. In 100 levels, some of his roommates would have told him that there's this thing wrong with you. Then to 200 level, you move with another roommate. They spot, you argue with all of them. You argue with all of them, 300 level. 400 level, you argue. You are serving as a copper. You are staying with some people. They are pointing to you that there's this problem with you. You argue with all of them. Always having your way. Finally, you are living with a woman now, or it can be the other way also. You are living with a man now. And that is a place where corrections can no more be made. You've been given more than enough opportunities to make adjustments. Some people, and if you are here when service ends, there might be some people here who might need to go apologize to their parents. Your parents have been trying to tell you something. Some people, it's even something as simple as laziness. Trying to point out something, some adjustment. But you see, because you're in Lagos, you earn your own salary now, you want to mommy to shut up. In fact, you're not talking to all of them again because they are trying to touch an aspect of your life. That they are trying to help you restructure. You have stopped picking their because stop talking to them. You will get to the final boss of which is marriage, and adjustment cannot be made again. Family can be beautiful. If we understand, first of all, you have to receive each other as a gift from God. But I'm taking this message beyond marriage to all kinds of relationships. So when people pray, if God wants to send a great person to your life, God does not start from the top, truly. Just like any other ladder you have to climb, you start with the first step. He will try. David was brought to palace a little to have a taste. Look at what we just read now. 
What about if David did not understand how to handle men? He was in the desert. Then experts in war came to meet him. Anytime you are going to the next level of your life, new people will be introduced into your life. It is true. Now, it is how, what you have learned from how you'll be handling people that will help you. Because God does not work outside relationship. So even though he gave a word to David, but other soldiers who are sad with Saul had to come to David and he said, you know what? We want to turn the kingdom to you just like God has said. Our Lord Jesus Christ needed Simon of Cyrene to help him carry his cross. There's nobody that will not need the help of other people. But it's a matter of, do you recognize those who are sent to you? Our offense can shut you out of it. Hallelujah. One of the things we are going to find from the story of Nebal and they say, we will take our time just on this. This is just the, the first one. So I'm trying to run within the time. My time is only 14 minutes. But I'm giving the capsule now. So we go one by. Nabal in the Bible. The story is in 1 Samuel 25. He was married to one of the wisest women in the Bible, Abigail. And you get to ask a question. Nabal died. A fool, the death of a fool. He died overnight. If he didn't die, David was planning to kill him. But the wife, the way she spoke to David, they were like, ah. And she said to David, I see, his name is Nabal. He said, fool. Though he's my husband. Question one, how did she get, how did a wise woman like that get into the house of an idiot like that? But then, I believe, in God's mercy, in God's mercy, he gave that beautiful lady to a very rough, very rough guy, hoping that this guy would just have the humility. If Naba asked Abigail, David's men came. Now, what happened was that, you know, David was now a terrorist, like a bandit, <laughs> not a group of. They were in the wilderness, moving around, roaming around town, because it was. Thank you. It was running away from Saul. Then, Naba shepherds in those days used to be out of town, taking care of sheep. So Nabal's servants will carry about 20,000 sheep and they will get to the forest and they will see David and his men hiding in the rocks. And David will be like, should we? And David will say, no, just leave him, leave him. And then they will even help them against wild animals. And David did that for a while. They protected the shepherd. So one day Nabal was sharing a sheep, which they used to do then. They'll be sharing and be sending to people. So David sent two of his men that, ah, bros, remind, remember us now? All this while we're keeping, helping you to keep your shepherd and your sheep in the forest, Ask them how many arrows we shot against wild animals for them and we never stole one out of it. Just give us something. <laughs> when is Arafini talking? The guy said, hey, oh girl. <laughs> he said, who is David that I should acknowledge him? He said, who is the son of Jason that I should give my sheep to him? Then he said, ah, nowadays there are many servants who break away from their master and they are making noise around. And David's men, when they, they go back, I told David that he said that. <laughs> David said he said that. Perhaps he brought us and he said, God, do more. That's how they used to swear in those days. God, do so and more to me. If we leave one person alive in Naba's house, he said, honestly, we kept these guys for nothing. And he said, and 600 men gathered their hands. And they were going to kill the man, his wife, and the children. But then, thank God, as those servants left, as the husband was talking roughly with the, to them, Abigail was at the back hearing. Ah, one of the servants came to say, Madam, these men were nice to us, truly. But you know what, madam? They have sophisticated weapons. There are over 600 of them. And your husband just insulted them. They are come. So the woman got up and she packed food. When she saw David, she came down from the camel, a wealthy woman to a common street boy. 
She knelt down before David and said, my Lord, I'm sorry. Said, let the old fault be on me. Don't mind that fool. When God saw what he did, God still made sure that Nabal died that night. He just finished marrying and, and he died. If a man like him, this is a great lesson. This is something for those who are married. If a man like him, at length, if he knew who the wife was, number one, that would have prolonged his life. It would have been like, dear, I feel like messing up these guys who are asking for money. She would have been like, no, dear, don't do that. How many of you truly listen to the person you are married to? Any home where there is fights, the plan of what can be established there. And when your time is up, you transfer it to your children coming. And usually what leads to this is that God is always trying to use the other person to correct an aspect of your life. He is the only one that sees your nakedness. You are the only one that sees his nakedness. You are the only one that can help make the adjustment because of proximity. You are the closest. Yet, this is the person you fight most and reject the ideas most. She cannot talk without reading meanings to it. Every now and then, when anytime I get to here, whether anywhere, even if I get to read of this abroad, and I hear of a Christian man beating his wife, I put my head on the table, and you get to ask that, sorry, what, where is the Holy Spirit in the life of some Christians? Why? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Is somebody with me? And at times I'm going to see some wonderful, beautiful people. They look so refined. But when you get to hear the other story, and you wonder why, there are some women, there is a stronghold in your heart against men. You've been taught certain things. Men are hurt. Sometimes, People suffer in marriage for a crime that they did not commit. A woman has been through three men in dating them. And they messed you up. They've done all, all kinds of... They, they maltreated you. Now, here is a good man. And he's the one suffering for it. Because after the third guy, you made up your mind. That guys cannot be trusted. And that the best thing is that when a man is talking, you talk back. If I say one, you say ten. And this, you, you, this is a mindset that you have and you are inside marriage and it's there in your heart. So you are ready to fight even when there's no fight. Like David said, when I speak, I'm for peace. But when they speak, they are for war. You, the way you respond to everything. Some, maybe they've seen the way the father totally dominated the mother. And then there is a mindset. I will never allow any man so dominate me. I remember when we were in school, there was this wonderful courtship between two people and they were actually bearing the same name. I mean, you will see some lovely things, but they messed up relationship at the end. It was the lady. For three years of their dating, she never said sorry once. Her father used to hit her mom and she made up her mind. So she would, like the guy was, she would tell the guy, ah, oh, you are looking rough now, go and shave. And the guy would go and shave. If the guy should say, oh dear, your hair is, she would take it. Anything. When she knew she was wrong, when she told me a few times, she just, she just made up that she wasn't going to say sorry to any man. There's no relationship that will be whole that way. If, oh, if sorry is always one-sided, 
Somebody has made up his mind or her mind that will never. So she had this thing in her. There were days they were talking and she would tell the girl that she would be crying. Can you just say, I don't know why I do this to you. But if something will come up again, she will do it again. Always ready to defend. And the only time she did something very, one, one person said, did something very, very bad. I don't think she felt she apologized. I'm sorry now. Next time she called the guy. So the guy was a little quiet. I said, I'm, I said, I'm sorry now. I said, I'm sorry. Whereas, <laughs> the guy offended her once. Something small. She went away. The guy traveled from UI Badon to come and look for her in Lagos. When she opened the gate of her house, he went on his knees and said, I'm sorry. She slammed the gate back and went up. It took her three weeks to accept the guy's apology. She just called, I'm sorry. After I'm sorry, and she, you know, fighting a battle where there's no, it, it, it's amazing. This is why when dealing with Christian stuff, sincerely, something we need to go before God. It's not a deliverance game like making them out or no. Sometimes you need to just plead and pray to God. To make the necessary adjustment, save you and remove things that shouldn't be in you. But those things will affect. By the time we spread this message for you, understand any kind of relationship God is bringing you to. There are friends that are not ordinary friends, they are your steps to your next level in life. But if you don't understand what I'm saying, offense can make you say, I don't want to see you again, I don't want to talk to you again. And I have seen people, a group of four or five friends, they even yap themselves and everything. The day one of them walked away, it started drying up. Very, everything was just falling apart. See, God has a way of positioning people in your life. Beyond greeting them and everything, there is a role they are playing. And you must recognize those who are sent to you. When you see Daniel, you must see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When you see Jesus, you must see Peter, James, and John. You can't stand alone. But you see, something, if you do understand what I'm saying... No matter how precious the people God bring, no matter how precious they are, you will use your own hand to push them away. And the most precious of all is who you are married to. One day, it's actually a, um, someone's mom. I met them somewhere. There was a program, so I went to my dad, became a friend with somebody, a younger guy. And one day the mom came to see me and she was telling me why I married Carter and everything. The moment I tried to say, mommy, no. Oh, she gave me serious arrow. She was telling me that she needed me to help her raise money. God ministered to her to minister to somebody. She spoke to her on phone. The guy is in prison in South Africa. She wants to fly to South Africa to go and meet him. I said, mommy, there are pastors in South Africa you can call to help you reach out to him. You don't have to go. And beyond wasting money going there. One reason why I was saying that, the guy told me what led to the separation of the father and the mother. She believes she's been called to be an evangelist. Today, one deliverance in one village, going to pray for some people. Tomorrow, she will leave her husband for 14 days. She will come back for two days. Go to under. And I said that. So, I decided to talk about that aspect. That mommy, I do not believe. The father, just, for years, he kept quiet and he wasn't talking again. You see, when people... Your parents can do the same thing to you. When people should say things to you, when they start keeping quiet, you are in serious trouble. When some people cannot even see. When your parents or your husband or your wife gets to the point, the person knows that, see, when I talk, I will be trouble, so they keep quiet. They are not saying anything again. Then problem, trouble is coming. So the husband, they after a while, they separated. And, and I was trying to tell this woman that, Ma, I do not think God will ask you to go and do deliverance for people in village for 14 days. 
you come by go to another village for seven days, come by go to another village for seven, and then you will leave your husband. If God wants that kind of ministry for you, it must be with the consent of your husband. You can't be leaving this man 20 days out of a month away. And she was always traveling in company of other men. And I said, Ma, this is wrong. Oh, I heard everlasting gospel. Then I began to wonder, because it was in my house, so why are you in my house? Your son brought me, brought you for me to talk to, but I mean, she was just giving it to me. Oh, no, no. She looked, I looked to her like a devil wanted to stop her ministry. And you know what? That should be about seven years ago. So seven years have come and gone, and she has no ministry again now. There is a way to, this mindset, how people interpret things. The way you, you approach, how you approach things. For some, maybe before you got married, you didn't even know that the thing was there. That you have this kind of thing that a woman doesn't talk when you are talking. And that she has no say. For some, maybe you've been told all your life, ah, men, you can't trust men, no. When you have that mindset, that is why you want to search his phone and search everything. Day and night will live in fear. When he travels, your mind is playing video of him with another woman. And that video is a series like 24. <laughs> uh, which one is it? Game of Thrones. It's, it's there. It won season one, episode two. All in your, you are just thinking. You know what will happen? Unto him that is able to do. Exceedingly. Abundantly. Above all we ask or imagine. You are setting up the guy by yourself. You are opening the door for the enemy to come into his life. You are picturing him with another girl. If care is not except he stands well with God, your imagination will come to pass one day. When people say, I'm in love, I'm in love, and they want to get married, these are important issues that people don't look at. Marriage is beyond romance. That one will fizzle out in no time. What sustains romance, what sustains romance after marriage is that you are both on the same page. If you are, there is a way you can hate somebody that sex means nothing to you again. It is true. You know that women that if the husband should in peace try to correct them of some things, then for the next two weeks, no sex. You punish him well. And then if it's the type that is very, he likes sex so much, ah, he's in trouble. So another day, he wants to correct you, he will just keep quiet. So that he will not have a cold night. <laughs> he won't say anything again. Because you, he knows where you are going to catch him. So he won't say anything again. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Two sisters. Though they are sisters, but they are fighting. But God has not called Christian family to be like that. Shall we rise? Is someone blessed today? Everybody say the gift of men. Say it again. Say it one more time. That's the best gift. When I say men, I'm not talking about men and women. The best gifts. Oh, sometimes you wake up, you are thanking God for all the people that are in your life. I should connect that to thanksgiving. It will help you to love them more. Do you kneel down to pray and thank God for your friends? Or you only report them to God? <laughs> when there's an argument. You're like, thank you, Lord, that I have this person, I have this person that I can call, that I talk to. From time to time, I thank God for all the leaders of this church. But as far as I'm concerned, they are the best on that. 
they are the best people to work with. I've never worked with better people than them. So I'm full of joy and I thank God for all of them. Do they offend me at times? They do. Do I get angry at times? I do very well. I said, all of you think I'm very nice. But they know better. But interesting, they think I'm nice also. But only God knows. <laughs> God knows. <laughs> but I, I love them with everything in me. Celebrate the relationships you have in your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Do you have brothers that you've not spoken to in a long while? Maybe after service you reach out to them. Are you really grateful for your parents? Do you thank God for them? Or because of years of argument, just put them on one side there. Yeah, parents have the excesses at times. They say things we don't like. They do things at times. But are you grateful? There are some of you that you are, you are even born into a Christian home. Your mom prays for you, yet she's the one you fight every now and then. What is wrong with you? You know your mom is always fasting and praying for you, yet she, you are your mom. You are like this. You just don't flow. And there is no way that she doesn't fast and pray for you once in a week. I should tell you, I tell that daughter, it doesn't mean anything to you again. You've seen her pray all her life, so you, I mean, you are just there. Thank God for God's mercy keeping some of us. But you see, we all have adjustments to make. <coughs> Glory to God. Yeah. Hallelujah. We will, we, we, will add, we will talk about office stuff. We're going to talk about all these things. How easily a man can rise, if you understand. Now we're going to look at Daniel. We are going to look at even the role that some ungodly people will play in your life. If you understand what is called contact without contamination. That some of them are a bridge you are going to pass through. Yeah. When a man's way places, he makes his enemy. Sometimes you need some people. Daniel had all of them in his life. Joseph had all of them in his life. Not everyone that will promote you will be a Christian. But we don't go to bow before the ungodly. But God in his own way will arrange that you pass through some of them. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So we had security men in Detroit who were stealing our diesel. None of us knew. But the vigilante on the streets, the vigilante on the street arrested church security and made them to sit down on the floor. But that time, I, they noticed that Wednesday was the only time that it was sure that I wasn't coming back. Because I'll be in church from Wednesday, from morning till service. After service, I'll go with my wife so I wouldn't come back. But all, all other days, they couldn't predict my movements. I could come to church 8 o'clock, office 8 o'clock, and my leave 3 meant I would come back 6 or 7. I've stopped that now, staying. That I used to stay till 2 a.m., 3 a.m. I would stay. So at times I would just show up in church 9 in the night. Maybe I'll go for a conference in the morning. I'll come back by 9 in the night, and I'll stay in this office till like 1 o'clock or 2. So they couldn't predict when I would show up, except for Wednesday. So after Wednesday, after going home, the facility manager has gone home, all the staff, then they would take 50 liters. They were selling 50 liters every Wednesday. Okada will come here, they will put it there. And, but the vigilantes on that street noticed them. So one night, waited for the arrested and they made them to sit down on the floor. Security, man. And there was one that took a TV from children. So we don't talk about these things. So he's, we, the supervisor came and he said, that, Look, is this guy? We said we'll be suspended for ourselves. I said, Okay, please, we can go. You know, some people worship money. That one that stole this who resumed that week, he joined the rest and they were doing that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, Lord Jesus, we bless you. We worship you. I pray for healing in every home. I pray for the, that the plans of God will be established. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you for listening to the teaching of Pastor Shola Oshumakinde. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Towing Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m. While our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.